Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Morning, church. Um, <clears throat> since I have a microphone on, I'm going to take some liberties real quick. That song beat me up a little bit because um, my dad is sitting right over here. Uh, and he's a good father. Uh, and I'm just sitting, I'm, still, I'm just thankful for you, Father. So I just wanted to honor you a little bit as I turn 50. Um, so much of what we talk about at church is actually about building legacy. And so just thank you. Break me up again. Uh, let's pray. Maybe that'll get me out of this, huh? Uh, let's pray real quick. Uh, Father, uh, thank you for um, community, uh, for brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers, Children, as we look into reconciliation, Lord, um, let us take what we have in our community and expand it. Take this fight to the enemy. Um, In your name, we ask for this. Amen. All right, give me a little help here, y'all. So for the last eight weeks, we have been talking about some hard conversations, right? We've been talking about sin. And when you look at your own sin, it's, it can be ugly, uh, but it's important to do. And so um, I'm reminded of a story about my son, who's now 18, many of y'all know him. And uh, when he was around eight years old, he uh, took a stumble out playing in the playground, hit his head, busted his head open, Right? So he comes into the house, and he's upset, of course, right? And he's, the cut was around right here. And he's got his hands on his head, and he can see the blood on his hands. And again, he's upset. Now, I was pretty calm because it wasn't my blood, right? I get pretty upset when I see my own blood, less so for others. And so, but what he couldn't see, though, was that actually blood was actually coming down inside of his face. He looked pretty, it looked pretty horrible. Until finally, he walked in front of a mirror and just completely came unglued because he saw how kind of ugly he was at that moment. And that's kind of how it is with us and sin and what we've been doing for the last eight weeks. We've been kind of constantly looking at a mirror and looking at the ugliness that lurks within our church, Uh, whether it is um, racism or any of the isms, right? We've been looking to see how that fits in our church. And so today, we are going to go through that. I'll, I'll give you guys some guidance on the, um, on the slides. If you can go back to slide number two for me, please. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at several things, but we're going to end with a real conversation about how and what we can do as a church body to reconcile more. And so we're going to have some huddles today. So if you feel comfortable... You only need one other person to have some conversation with today. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to huddle up into groups of two or more. Uh, Again, if you feel comfortable from a a, a health and safety point of view, right? Of course, masks up. And then when, uh, for the folks at home, I encourage you to call someone. Be in community as a part of our church body. And today, we're going to be working on some things together. Okay, next slide. Here is, again, the kind of the list of what we've been going through over the last several weeks. 
And you can go to the next slide. This is kind of how it looks in, um, in practice. Next slide, please. Slide number four. So on the left side, you see the barrier that these five or six areas have brought, right? The wall that goes up between us, even within our, our, our own church body. And then the, the next three weeks, we talked about lament and repentance and forgiveness as a way of actually bringing that wall down. But bringing the wall down is not enough. That's good, but God calls us to go further. God calls us to actually build something in its place with the very rubble that was the division. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, reconciliation. Next slide, please. Just some quick definitions. It is restoring of a group. The restoration of a group. Next. And I'm going to call today three main points. The why. We're going to frame why reconciliation matters from biblical texts, which we'll go through in a moment. We're going to talk about the how. What, is our, what are our roles in reconciliation? And then we're going to talk about the building. What are we going to build specifically? And I'm going to ask you guys to individually come up with things that you believe are opportunities to rebuild with some of the wall that has been torn down over the last few weeks. So we're going to leave today with some plans to upgrade our ministry of reconciliation. Now, to the scripture. Next slide, please. 2 Corinthians 5. Now, I've highlighted some areas I'll talk about in a second, but let me go ahead and read it real quick. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 through 20. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, we're about to break into a huddle and want your help on something, because I, I've been studying this for the last couple of weeks and I'm confused. And I want you to see if you can help me. In this scripture verse right here, it talks about, it starts out by describing that we are reconciled to God through Christ. And then at the end of the verse, what does it say? It says, we implore you to be reconciled to God. That seems like a contradiction to me, does it not? At at the beginning, he's saying, we're good. At the end, he's saying, you got to get to work. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to huddle up. Again, two or more people. It can be someone you know. It can be someone you don't know. And I'm going to ask you to, to work, work through that scripture piece. I want you to introduce yourselves. And then I want you to explain it to each other how that seeming contradiction can actually take place. You guys ready? All right. Huddle alert. Let's go. Let's huddle up. Two or more. And, uh, and we'll, let's try to do this quickly. We'll give you five minutes to try to explain that. I'm going to ask some of you to tell me how you rectify and, and reconcile that, uh, those two verses. So again, just for the folks listening at home, what Jerry said was we have this foundation of reconciliation that comes through Christ, but then there's an ongoing daily activity 
around that reconciliation that we are also responsible for. Did I get that pretty much? Anybody else want to add to that? Okay, you get the gold star today, Jerry. Well done. Uh, but, I, but wait, let's be clear. Let's see who, who's Jerry sitting with so we know the answer came from either his left or right side. So, all right. Um, so, yes, we are reconciled. And this, the example I came up with was, you know, I love my kids and I love my wife. That's a fact. But every day, there's a process of loving my kids and loving my wife. So it's both and, right? Okay, excellent. So that now, next slide, please. That is our why. God is calling us that this is a ministry for us that we receive when we come into his kingdom, but then we got some work to do to make sure that this process continues, right? That's our why. Now let's talk about, next slide, our how of reconciliation. So here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step off onto uh, some, some uh, thin ice here. I hope you guys, so John's sitting right here, so he can call blasphemy, blasphemer if I get off. So just be on guard, John. Are you ready? Next slide. Blasphemer. No, 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 not yet. <laughs> not yet. No, you got to wait until I say something first. Okay. So, now we live in a culture that is highly individualistic, right? It's all about me, what do I want? We, talk, we had a marriage co- uh, class this morning. It's like we talked about selfishness, selfishness and patience and how I don't want to be patient. She should be patient, right? So what we think about when we think about reconciliation, we start to think about this kind of model, that there is an offender and the offender is, is creating a division. So I have sinned, and I, you know, I now am, I need to work on me, right? I need to fix myself as, as my individual issue. But there's nothing scriptural that says that our, wa- our walk or our ministry is an individual ministry, right? So let's now, we need a really a different graphic. So let's take up the next slide, please. Okay. So now we've got two. We've got the offender, and we've got the victim. We know what the role of the offender is, don't we? Kind of, yeah, you're sinning, you need to change that, right? What about the victim? Is there a role for the victim? Forgiveness. That was talked last week, so I, I was going to test you, but you guys, uh, you, you did great, whoever that was. Who was that? I don't, I can't, okay, I can't really see that far. I'm 50, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, right, so there's two people here, right? Two individuals. Is that all? You know the answer. No, exactly. Because whenever someone on stage says, is that all? The answer is always no. The answer is there's more to it. So we'll go to slide uh, uh, 15, please. There's a third party involved. So I took the example of the tax collector who's extorting money from the community or the citizenry, and that's the victim, right? And if you know the story, Jesus then came and said, hey, we got to get this thing straight, worked on, uh, on, on Zacchaeus, right? Yes. All right, no blasphemy yet. Right? So, so there's three people involved in this scenario, right? But is that all? Let me try it again. Is that all? Good. You guys were listening. No, because there's more involved. There's a corporate part. Next one. 
This is how, again, as a church and as a community, all four of these components are a part of our work of, re- of, of uh, reconciliation. All four of these have to be activated in order to bring down that wall completely and then to rebuild it. So as we think about reconciliation, we have to stop, uh, stop thinking, okay, I'm sinning, I've got to fix me. And if you're the victim, okay, I just need to fix me. What we now need to be thinking about is, how can I help the community? Where are there places where there are walls that I actually have some ability to engage in and help resolve? Would you like an example or two? You're supposed to say no. I thought we went through this. Okay, yes, I'm giving you some examples. All right, here's an example. A personal one, very personal one. Next one, slide please. So I came and actually on this stage, I don't know, two, three months ago, mentioned that my wife and I are having some marital struggles, right? I, and I want to be really transparent about that because if, so, if no one is having marital struggles, then there's, one of the parties has got to be dead. Um, that's the, I think that's the only way that that works, honestly. So what happened, and if you know my wife, you know that if there's a marital problem in our relationship, then I'm the offender, right? Just by definition. So I'm the offender, Anne is the victim, and as I started to communicate, we're having struggles, a guy named Michael Aceves Lewis, and others actually, but Michael in particular, said, hey, um, we had problems 10 years ago. We would like to coach you around how you work through this. They gave us specific uh, counselors. They told us some of the things to do, gave us some books to read, like very engaged. So he came in and played that third party, right? But that's not all. There's more. Next slide. My men's group. I started sharing this. They started asking me questions. They started sending me texts at weird times of the day and night. What's the status? How you doing? Uh, You know, we know it's not Ann's problem. Have you resolved your problems yet, right? Guys, yes? Yes. So this, again, is how community responds to reconciliation. Um, And that now is where we are going to go. Because if we are going to break down some of the walls that were talked about, racism, sexism, uh, ethnocentrism, classism, uh, ageism, all that stuff, if we're going to break that down, then we as a body need to start figuring out where we are on this graphic. Which one are we and how are we going to engage? Does that make sense? John, how am I doing so far? All right. No yelling of blasphemer. Let's go to slide 20, please. Uh, I gave another, I was going to give you another example, but there's plenty. There's a ton of examples of folks in this church who are stepping forward and saying, I'm going to help resolve a situation, help deal with the situation. This is an example about how, how we were beginning to get into a class conflict, and Cindy Luchang, who suggested a great idea of having a, a community luncheon, Rachel Wong came in and said, well, wait a second, this the cost of this is too high. What if we did this a little cheaper? Now more people could participate. Now people aren't going to be concerned about driving and paying $15 for lunch, right? She helped to deal with that. And she's, we're building something as a result. We're building a new place, a new forum for our community to gather. Does that make sense? Hugely important. And that is a cultural change and a cultural direction that's happening at our church that individuals are stepping forward and saying, I see an issue, let me now see about how, do I, how I can resolve that. I'm not on staff, 
I'm just a part of this community, and that's my ministry of reconciliation. Next slide. Where is your ministry? What role will you play in building this ministry in our church, your ministry of reconciliation, inside and outside of the church? But I want us to focus really more on the process. How do we do this internally, and then we can look at doing it externally in the future? So now I'm going to ask you to huddle again. Next slide. And for the remainder of our time, maybe 10 minutes or so, um, I want you to talk through where you are on those three, actually, sorry, next slide, where you are on those four areas, and I want you to answer those questions. The first is, in which sin area might you be the offender or the victim? And I want to be really careful, y'all, because another part of our culture is the minute you define yourself as the offender, now you start heaping shame on your shoulders, right? And, and Satan loves a shame-filled individual because that person's pretty much no use to anybody. But Satan also loves the victim who then says, well, I deserve, I deserve a, a response. I, I deserve it. Satan loves that too. So we got to be careful on both sides of this as we talk through that. And then I wanted you to talk through what might be, um, oh, how might you bring some of these barriers down and what might you build as a result? Anybody willing to kind of share some of their thoughts about this quest or these questions? And again, we're focusing on those five, or five areas of, of um, division that we've identified in the church, okay? Food as a way to bridge divides, fantastic. Others, just about where you are on this and maybe even an idea, so we heard about the idea of food, uh, the idea or the, the, the concern really about when you feel like you have been injured, you know, how that feels, right? That should compel us to want to be engaging in something, something like that or something to try to re help resolve. Any other comments? Heard some good ones. So let me tell you a couple of things I heard. I heard about um, ageism and how there may be opportunities to, to connect people across generations. Um, and that's not just older to, to, you know, older to middle age. It's actually the young as well, right? Any other thoughts or you have? So that's identifying the barrier, <clears throat> identifying the barrier and then define, defining some strategies to try to deal with it. So here's the thing. Here's what I want to challenge you on. We can go to the last slide or the next slide. Don't let the conversations that you just had evaporate. Don't let inertia take you from taking, making the next move. So if you had ideas on and about meals, go ahead and schedule something, right? Ideally with me, because I, <laughs> I like to eat. But seriously, right? If you heard this conversation or this concern that Charik brought forward, now's the time to engage. Do not let that linger. So as we sum up, sum up what we talked about today, the last slide, sorry, um, we, we summed up, I'm going to sum this up, actually, slide 24, please. Why, using 2 Corinthians uh, 5, why reconciliation matters, right? It is our ministry. It is our ministry of reconciliation. We talked about the roles, those four different roles that we might be playing at any point in time and that we can engage to help resolve that barrier. We also talked about 
how that barrier can then be reestablished and, and rebuilt into something new, like what um, um, Nick, sorry, Nick, I was going to say Nicholas, Nick described a moment ago, right? Um, so those are our building plans. As we now get ready to leave, we've talked about our ideas. Again, I want to implore you that you do not let the conversation die. Whatever idea was in was, was a, a seed, go ahead and move on it immediately. All right? All right, that's all I've got today. If you're expecting more, sorry to disappoint. But thank you for, the, for listening. Thanks for the engagement and the conversation. And let's go ahead and close up in a quick prayer. And then, John, you're going to come back up. Okay. Father God, um, thank you for uh, our community that is leaning into barriers, that, that is uh, trusting that our ministry of reconciliation is your calling, and our job is now to bring barriers down and to repair and to rebuild something new and beautiful that, uh, that didn't exist before, Father. Give us the courage, give us the discipline uh, to continue to, move, to make moves in that direction as a corporate body and as individuals within the church. So we thank you for this, Father, in your son Jesus' name, amen.